Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Rafa One Week Hiatus, episode 156. As always, I'm joined by Dom. From now on, I'm going to need you to call me by my self-appointed nickname, Thriftmaster Dom. Thriftmaster Dom, alright. I'm a thrifty mofo. <laughs> I, I would love to like be playing a game like Apex Legends and just run to this random dude who like destroys me. It's like Thriftmaster Dom, like... This time? And then I and then I steal the change out of your dresser. Jesus. Armed robbery. Um, breaking and entering. Uh, and also, as always, I'm joined by Jordan. May the force be with us all. May the force be with us all. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded. Um, Going to be recording early the next couple of weeks and we'll be back to normal. Um, but since we've been gone a while, Dom, let us know what you've been playing. Fellas, 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 fellas. Red Dead Redemption Two. It's done. It's this. It's done. I finished the entirety of it, the epilogue and all. I've talked about the game a lot, but like, probably the strongest emotional reaction I've had to a game ever. That's like more than Last of Us. I know you're a big Last of Us. I mean, guy. it's yeah. Like, the, I mean, okay, emotional reaction probably on par with the Last of Us. But like I said before, like Red Dead definitely a better story um in any ways you could measure that as far as i'm concerned um uh, yeah. probably not a better game i guess but definitely a better story and the storytelling and the characters like all that shit is just like it's god tier in this game like god oh man dear. the thing that sucks I, for last of us since its release is we've seen like logan and these other uh like forms yeah. of media that have kind of done a similar story so it kind of right. takes away from that setup um but and we'll we'll talk about it eventually um when it gets closer but because of all that the last of us 2 has a lot of has really high expectations right and it's going to be yeah. tough i think for that game to meet its lofty expectations now but, apparently some but, more of that game was shown at the recent gamestop convention hey i didn't even know they're still having those because apparently they're putting everybody out of business and firing all of their employees gamestop is currently plummeting exactly. towards concrete yeah um so at the end of the game, uh, obviously no spoilers for people who are listening. Uh, two questions for you, Dom. One, did you like the uh, epilogue? And two, who was your favorite non-Arthur character by the end of the game? Yes, I loved the epilogue. It felt cool. It felt Our good. Um, obviously, the the this it's a different story and the pace of everything changes. And um, I won't say anything more than that. But it's, you know, it's just different. It might it could as very as well be a different game <coughs> but i really liked how it did that um because at the end of the story the main story you're feeling like a lot just a lot of things right um so it kind of was nice to continue the epilogue and that felt like a giant chunk of closure um they could have the separated as dlc right like that's the crazy thing is when i absolutely it, I was like, they could have held this off and then released it later on as dlc and people wouldn't have blinked an eye <coughs> absolutely, god they fucking could've. forbid rockstar released some single player <laughs> dlc god forbid yeah I'm, I'm but uh no i loved it just because um i mean it answered a lot of the questions i had like throughout the game of, i don't want to spoil things but a lot of like the plot questions about um well what are they supposed to like what are characters who want to not be in the gang do if they're not in the gang yeah you know what i mean that's not too specific so i think that's fine but it, it kind of answers a lot of that which are tough answers and not good answers a lot of the time but um i thought it was really Without good spoiling anything does the epilogue bridge into red dead redemption one yes, <laughs> yes. don't don't say anything more i'm gonna yes. get to that okay um but um to answer the second question, last time we talked about this, I said John Marston was kind of lame. I was not like so – I was he was just fine, you know? But yeah. by the end of the game, by the end of the epilogue, um, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm 100% in on John Marston. Like, hey, I, I'm man, I'm glad you came around. Well, that's the funny <laughs> thing, Dom, is like so if you play Red Dead Redemption 1, right, you're like, okay, I like John Marston. He's not the best written character ever, but I like him. Then you start playing Red Dead Redemption 2, and you're like, well, Arthur's just a way – better character in terms of writing his personality everything and then you get to that epilogue and you're like hmm i don't know <laughs> like you know yeah they're both like yeah. really well done it, like the epilogue does a lot for john marston's character from the first game it's incredible and so that's um well i guess to finish answering your question i still 
not besides Arthur. That's tough because Arthur is just, just oh my god, this that's a heck of a character. But I still love Dutch man, like that. Oh, just to watch what happens to him and how and he I, deals with things as the story progresses. And oh, I just it was just so good. This the whole game. If you guys have watched through its entirety, Sons of Anarchy is just a way way better version of that show, and it's western, obviously, but. It, um, it does a lot of that same stuff, but just so much better. And, uh, especially I'm glad with you Dutch's like Days character. Gone, Dom. What's that? I'm glad you enjoyed Days Gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, um, the you... developers of Days Gone wanted nothing more than to hear the words, <laughs> it's a better version of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two questions um, for you, Dom, real quick. Yep. Uh, about certain specific things that happen in the game. We'll try to avoid spoilers. One uh, for me, one of the most important scenes in the entire game is when Arthur's sitting on that like carriage thing with that woman, and they have a discussion about death. It's it's towards the very end of the game. It's near a train station. I'm trying to be not too specific. It's actually mm-hmm. a missable a missable thing. So you might not have even seen. Maybe it. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I didn't do it. Uh, and the second thing is there's a theory going on about Dutch and the Saint Denis incident. And that once that incident occurs, that that's where he actually experiences a lot of his changes mentally. So I was wondering how you feel about that. Um, maybe a bulk of it was at Which, that incident, but it's definitely I, I would definitely not a hundred percent. I mean, there's points. It's it's a progression, I think, um, and maybe that was like one of the larger moments where things turned for him. But there's I think it's smaller moments through even from the start of the game. I think there's tiny things that you can pick up on, and then as it progresses, it gets you know you see more and more of what's going on. This isn't too much of a spoiler because I'm not going to say exactly what happens in Saint Denis, but Dutch injures his head, so there's a theory that that head injury leads to like hemorrhaging or something with his brain, and that leads him down a path of him kind of losing his sanity and stuff like that. I I disagree entirely, and I wouldn't like that. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's Anti- more it's not that like Well it's not dumb. it's it's not that the brain injury causes him to ultimately be the way it is. It's kinda sets him down that track a lot faster. Because there's an argument to be made that before that event he's progressing at a slower rate but you do see see him losing the world he once controlled. And then once that happens it like the timeline speeds up rapidly in terms of how he acts. So it's well, interesting. I, mean, you could, I don't fully believe it, yeah. but it's an interesting theory. Because the the you know the consequences of that event, I think, are pretty big and yeah. you know accelerating that timeline. But yeah, I, his character was great. Um, that's 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 the kind of character that's interesting to me. Um, Charles Smith definitely got cooler as the game went on, um, and so did Sadie Adler. Um, and then, like I already said, John Marsh, and like they're all so good, man. But. Yeah, if I had to say, I'd say Dutch. Hey, but I appreciate that, partner. It just got so good towards the end, and I was just like, just in it. Like I was just, I, 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 I played the last. I don't know. It must have been twenty hours within, you know, less than a week. Like I was just trent entrenched in that game. I was just so addicted. Um, but I'm super. I never played the first game. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So now I'm. I started to listen to like a couple, you Perfect. know, our. Uh, read a two spoiler discussion, uh, you know, podcasts and things like that, and then immediately stopped because everyone just, uh, well, half-handedly or whatever, spoils the first game. So I'm like, well, actually, now I really want to go play that first game because um, before I was kind of like, not, it's not really worth it to go back to a, a game that uh, you know graphically might not hold up that well. Um, but now I'm like, oh, I have to play that shit because I have to see like, what uh, happens next with John Mark. Xbox and... One is the best place to play it. Yeah, exactly. And because it's so easy to do it, because um, I have an Xbox One now, like that's excellent. So I'm definitely going down that path. But I don't want anything no spoiled for me in the meantime. Yeah. Rockstar, where are you at? No PC version for either of these games, isn't that right? No PC for two. Uh, not yet. No. Not yet. Because mm-hmm. online has kind of not been great. I doubt if they're even fast tracking that. It'll probably eventually come, but you know, it's not. That's so fucked up, man. That's a great series. That should be on PC. I I wonder. I would like to take a percentage of people in the world who have played Red Dead Revolver, Red Dead Redemption One, and Red Dead Redemption Two, because I'm in that group, and I'm just curious to see how many people who have played the first and second Red I, Dead Redemption have played Red Dead. The Revolver. only part of that I haven't done is played Revolver, but I've been in the room with friends playing it before. 
Yeah, it's not the greatest game ever, but it's a fun multiplayer time. Like, me and my friend would spend hours just with the weird-ass characters in multiplayer, like the pig dynamite guy. So cool. The pig so, dynamite! So that's all I played uh, since we last talked, because um, that's all that there was in the world. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption. I mean, it's so damn good, I can't... We can go... I mean, we'll have that spoiler discussion one of these days where we can really get into it, but uh, god damn, it's so good. That's um, I'm just I'm just glad to have somebody else who like played through it and finished it. Not that there's anything wrong with like I know obviously Jordan played it and moved past it to other games, but in terms of like online with all of the other people we talked to and from the kind of funny community, other people, it's like a lot of people chose the Spider-Man God of War path, and a lot of them just dodged Red Dead for a reason or another. So I'm glad I have somebody else that like I can talk to about the prologue or like certain specific things, you know? Because a lot of people that we know in in the like the small circle decided not to play it because of like pacing or it just a weird situation you know it's i mean it is an investment definitely um and it took like a while like you can start to appreciate all this game is beautiful um the mechanics are you know whatever they are um the story seems all right but it takes a while to get fully into it um you know it's a it's a long ass game so i mean i get why you know a lot of people were you know kind of left on it but i would encourage anyone who is like you know maybe up to 10 hours in wasn't sure and left i would encourage anyone like that to to keep going and god damn it's worth it it's not a ferrari it's a train like it takes a minute for it to you know get going and once it's going it's yeah full speed and i know that sounds dumb and like and cliche and people are like oh yeah it only takes 10 hours for it to get really good it's not like it, for it to get really good but for you to get invested and by the time you're done it just is <sighs> I don't know. It's just a, one of those cases where I think that argument of like you just push through, and it's, it'll be worth it. It's um, just crazy. I like, think that argument holds up. What a year, man! We got Red Dead Two, Spider Man, and God of War, and those are like some three of my favorite games. Like they're probably my top fifty games of all time, and they all came out within like months of each other. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I played. I do have the new Switch model now. Um, there's not much I can say oh, about yeah. it yet, but I switched Joy-Con colors. Did you? Why not? Did you so. get the trade in before they like uh, butchered it? <laughs> went bankrupt yeah. before yeah. GameStop went bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. So they gave me two hundred twenty-five dollars for the old Switch, um, and then I actually gave them Sekiro too, and they gave me like another thirty bucks for that. Sekiro? So I paid very little for the new so, Switch. So you're under the belief that we're not getting any DLC for Sekiro? Lord, I hope so, because I made a split-second decision on that. But. <laughs> I'm sticking to yeah. it, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. ways around it. You could certainly play the DLC without having to buy the full game again. Yeah, they might do a Game of the Year edition, too, if that were if they were to do DLC one day. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. J- Jordan, what have you been doing? Or, sorry, Dom, did you have anything else? No, that's it. Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, there's a lot coming up, but yeah, obviously we'll save that for the end of the show. Okay, cool. Uh, Jordan, what have you been uh, doing these last couple weeks? So, uh, first off, Jared, I want to give a huge shout-out to the comic book Invincible, which I finished. Oh, nice. I thought you had already finished it. I had gotten way far into it. Oh, okay. And was never really stopped reading it. It was one of those things. There's so many issues. There's 144 where I would kind of just read an issue every now and then to at least kind of keep it going. But, uh, yeah, it, recently I've read, like, the last 40 issues, I would say. And um, then uh, just a couple days ago I read uh, the entire final arc, which is 12 issues altogether, and it was such a blast and such a great comic. Um uh, I think it's crazy because it's got to be like probably outside of Spawn the biggest non-DC or Marvel superhero that I can possibly think of um, and I didn't I don't know that you would even call Spawn a superhero right so um, yeah I think Invincible is really fucking cool I'd love to see an animated series because um, there's so many cool things that you could do with that I know that they are doing live action stuff uh, with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg which if you're going to adapt a comic those are the guys to go to Um, but I would say um, personally I think 
the it just lends itself so perfectly to an animated series, as plenty of comic books do. But this one in particular, I can really see um, something. Obviously, that would be more adult because, as I was <clears throat> uh, funnily reminded throughout reading this, one of Invincible's signatures is guys ramming their hand through another superhero's chest and just pushing all of their guts outside the back hole. Um, it's a pretty gruesome comic, even though it looks uh, like, you know, generally like cheery and kind of cartoony, I guess is the term. But yeah, uh, that final arc is really cool. I won't say anything about it. Um, Spoiler-wise, but uh, just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like what can I say about Invincible that either I or someone else hasn't already said, but um, just other than the fact that I really enjoyed it. I will say there were a couple character arcs that I didn't appreciate their ending uh, as much as I would have hoped, but um, other than that, man, yeah, it's just awesome, awesome. Comic book and superhero comic book, I would recommend it uh, to pretty much anyone, really, as long as you know there's somebody that's willing to read a comic series that's 144 issues long. So, um, yeah. Uh, besides that, uh, I did something I never thought I would do, gentlemen. Um, I went back and started playing Need for Speed Payback. Whoa, whoa, the 2016 okay. game? The 2017. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two year cycle. There's uh, some trivia we, for you. <laughs> are we planning on talking about Need for Speed Heat announcement? Jerry? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just say real quick on that. It looks like, and from what I've read on the Engadget article that goes a little bit deeper with developers into mechanics, from what I've read and seen in the trailer, it looks like Need for Speed is definitely going back to being a mix of. Need for Speed 2015 and Rivals, my two favorite on this generation, uh, from Ghost. I think that they're taking much more from those games and less from Payback. They've even said that they're cutting out the speed card system, which is probably my biggest issue with Payback, uh, because it's a system that's really seems just built from the ground up for my, with microtransactions in mind. And um, it is something that, to me, and I think a lot of other fans, really fucked the game up um, almost entirely. Um, I am glad that I went back and gave it another try, but even without the speed card system, I think the game has plenty of problems that keeps it from you know, reaching the heights, in my opinion, that uh, both 2015 and Rivals got to, so... Um, they have also said in Heat that they're taking out this system from Payback where it's actually one of the things that I also least liked in Burnout Paradise, especially when I played the remaster, which is cars being grouped into, uh, kind of like forced to be grouped into like drift, raced, uh, off-road, different categories, right? So Vehicle classes, um, that's weird. Right, and in uh, Payback, it is utterly unnecessary, Jared, because it's you're going to these... First of all, it sucks because you have to go to, like, f within the world, physical dealerships to buy the cars. So you can't buy the cars from the garage like you always could have before. So you have to drive to a fucking dealership, and the dealerships are for each individual class. They're specialized, but... It seems to me that you can buy any one of the cars from that dealership. Basically, all you're doing is locking that car. Well, not even locking that car because you can get multiple versions of it. But you're, you know, you're that version of that car. You are locking to being a drift vehicle, okay, or being an off-road vehicle because you like you can't run a race with a with a vehicle that is classified as off-road, right? You have to change your car. It won't let you start the race. And so that is being taken out for heat. That is um, very good because that's, as you can imagine, a hindrance in a lot of ways. 
Um, besides that, um, I think that you know it drives like the modern Need for Speed games. Um, I will say once again something that they're fixing for heat is they're going back to the 2015 version of the tuning style which my issue with this is that I think they've been trying to please the fans of the more serious racing games that don't take arcade racers seriously um, they treat them as kind of a joke I guess because they don't have as much tuning detail and and various other mechanics but I feel like uh, here they, in in the last several games, they've been having kind of a difficult time deciding one way or the other. Are they going to go way deeper on the tuning and the minutia of uh, kind of the cars under the hood? Or are they going to make it the more simplistic arcade style? So uh, in Payback, it is damn near... Uh, untranslatable for me at least um, it's not comprehensible and so it is just difficult to understand and I've almost kind of given up on it unfortunately as far as the like I said the minutiae of the tuning goes uh, which is definitely not something that you want in a car game but uh, at this point I'm kind of just enjoying the time that I'm spending with this on a maybe looser or lighter level than I would with the other Need for Speed games because I I really gave up on this game uh, pretty early on and it's I don't think that I would have been missing too much if I hadn't come back to the game but um, yeah I'm enjoying myself enough it is certainly more like a 6 as opposed to an 8, 8.5 like the other two games so far on this generation so We'll see how he does. It's certainly not going to be a day one purchase for me, simply because of the fact that uh, EA has, you know, destroyed so many of its series, in my opinion, with the way that they've treated things, and this is one of them. So they're really going to have to prove themselves to me. So, and you might have to wait a couple of months to see if they inject those microtransactions late. Oh wait, Jesus that's Activision. <laughs> no, I will say this much, Jared. They specifically mention in that Engadget article, the developer says, there will be no microtransactions in Need for Speed, not at launch, not ever. That's great. So he specific. think about that, Jared. He specifically made the point of saying, not yeah, ever. we know that a lot of times it happens after launch. We're not doing that. Yeah. It just seems from Which what we've, fucked. even before fucked the game up. was announced, when we, remember when we initially talked about them uh, not going to E3 and going to be revealing it later. It just seems like the dev team now is like, no, we just want to make a good Need for Speed game. Like, just let us make a I goddamn really, good Need for Speed game. Jared, you have no idea how much I want that to be true and how I'm getting hints of it. And I'm like, oh, please, God, please, please, please. Can we make this the case? Can this be the redemption? And I'm just hoping it works out well. Um, I love Need for Speed 2015 because of the. It's all at night, and it's you're driving around this cool neon city, and I just put my music on and, and have a good time. And it looks like, for the most part, maybe not totally nailing it, but for the most part, uh, Heat will be recapturing that essence, even though it does have both day and night. Uh, but people are saying, uh, obviously, 2015 was all at night, so it didn't have a day-night cycle. For the first time, Payback has like a natural day and night cycle that they've implemented. And apparently it made them, you know, have to drop the graphical quality, I guess. And really getting into this game, I can tell, man, because shit looks rough a lot. There is a lot of times where textures are not popping in. They're blurry as all hell and shit is just looking rough. So I'm hopeful that the... Uh, them pulling out on that day-night cycle being so realistic and heat will help so yeah nice uh you want to start the conversation and, on control yeah next and finally i will speak on control which as you may know is my was at this point my most anticipated game and i know you'll be talking about it as well jared so i won't go too long but I would say I am five to six hours in, 
uh, is a safe bet and uh, very much enjoying this Remedy game which is their follow-up to Quantum Break has lots of Quantum Break vibes and is reminding me how much I fucking love that game which was my favorite game of 2016 as you know and uh, this game has <clears throat> for me it has the potential to be a masterpiece but it's just not quite getting there um, it just has too many things that are, are kind of clipping its wings uh, but to me because I'm such a fan of Remedy I was such a fan of Quantum Break and now they're continuing that uh, lineage and Jared I think you'll agree with me here I'm such a fan of the fact that these are fucking superhero games in disguise is what they are oh yeah no doubt they're not full-on infamous where it's like creating their own superhero that is just flying around the city or whatever uh not necessarily flying in infamous but you get the point um and in these games you have superpowers and yeah you're just a superhero with a gun it's a, it's a superhero shooter kind of is what it is and uh i'm really digging that with these couple games so uh with control it is a, a purposely very weird and uh kind of far out trippy game and um basically you're going into a bureau of the government that deals with paranormal shit essentially and you quickly become the director of said bureau and start going through and experiencing all these different things trying to find your brother that's that's the gist of it um, you're going through all these crazy rooms fighting this uh, force called the hiss that has taken over the building and that's that's the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay between shooting and superpowers uh, you get the points third person so um, I would say that uh, the gameplay is obviously the standout here. Um, the shooting and the superpowers are on point, I think, and um, are very fun, just like they were in Quantum Break. Once you get the hang of them, you're just you're you can really start rocking and rolling. So um, I'm really enjoying that stuff. Jared, I'll, I wonder if you agree with this. My probably biggest gripe on the combat is that when you shoot an enemy the hiss have this really it's a cool effect it's like this wavy rainbow effect that like puffs out into the air right yeah and it's really cool and all but it's like it totally obscures the enemy and you end up like missing your next few shots or it's possible that you do because they're moving around because they got hit by the bullet and then there's this like puff of rainbow smoke and it's really difficult to like continue on with your enemy. Did, have you found that yet? Or it wasn't an issue early on. Um, the I don't want to spoil this for people. You know, like one of the first bosses you come across in the mailroom. Yeah. Yeah, that fight with that boss. That's the first time I encountered that. Where it's like you were trying to handle so many things at once in terms of shooting people and then handling him right. That right. whenever explosions or stuff happen, it would be that weird like. Uh, like ethereal gas stuff it looks like uh, yeah, exactly. when you drop like oil into like oil and water and like mix it up kind right. of uh, exactly. it can be a problem it hasn't been too much of a problem for me but then again I'm only three hours in and you're six hours in so maybe as the game yeah. goes on th the circumstances around your fights leads it to be more of a problem so yeah right and yeah the game is mostly gorgeous I would say it's beautiful oh my gosh dude the design as far as levels, the level design and the environmental, I would say, design even more so, is just gorgeous. It is so beautiful, the building that you're going through, how it's laid out. I would love to go through some of the rooms in this building in real life because they just look like architectural masterpieces, essentially. And... Uh, the way that they show them off is gorgeous as well, so they're well aware of it. But, um, yeah, I would say there's a lot of environmental damage. Um, 
it's really cool what they're able to do with you know chunks of walls flying apart like uh, part of your uh, telekinetic powers you can just like rip a piece of the floor out instead of like having to find something in another game like infamous if you want to charge up your electricity obviously you have to go find electrical uh, spots and in this game you can literally instead of having to find something to throw something to throw at someone you can just rip a piece out of the floor and just fling it at somebody in a matter of seconds and it's it's really great man i think uh the environmental damage is beautiful but it's also kind of like what we're talking about jerry it kind of gets in the way sometimes with all the different particle effects that they have going on (laughs) as lovely as it is graphically the first time I hit a fire extinguisher by accident and that thing explodes and you don't yeah. know what the hell is going on. Um, yeah. I'll add to a couple things. I don't want to go too long because obviously you're further than me and I want to give more of my impressions next week when I have a little sure. bit more time with it. But uh, everything you said at the beginning of like you love you loved Quantum Break, you love Remedy, it's basically hitting everything you expected. I'm right there with you yeah. on all of that stuff. Um, the destructible environments are cool. Like there's so many objects that you can just like damage. Uh, I heard right. from a tweet is the only reason it got spoiled for me that there's like secret rooms in the house too. So whenever I come across right. like wood paneling or anything, I'm just like attacking it to see if it breaks open. Uh, in terms of graphics, it, it's a very beautiful game. The one thing I will say is when I first started it, uh, there was some texture pop in issues and rendering with some of the like the photographs in the wall. Um, but that yeah. went away. I think it was just for me I've initially some- starting the game. Um, but it seems I've actually had some of those issues where textures, like specifically like signage text on yeah. the wall, will will uh, come in slowly the the resolution of the texture. I will also say, unfortunately, on my PS4 Pro, the frame rate has been buckling at some points during you know crazy combat. It is absolutely buckled to the point where it's a little bit unexcusable. Um, and I'm, you know, definitely hoping for a patch on that. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I wonder if that's partially due to the fact that Remedy has more experience with the Xbox platform than PlayStation. You know what I mean? Obviously, the last couple of games. Because for who me, knows? playing on Xbox, I haven't really had any frame rate issues. So I wonder if that's to do with it. Who knows? Um, yeah. The last thing I want to say is that uh, when you first start the game, you're at the entrance of the building, and you go through this little office area, you meet a janitor and you come around the corner back to the front of the building and that's the first time you realize like what the hell is going on here because it's slightly different and the entrance you initially went through isn't there anymore. So if you go back around the way you came, that wall's closed off. It's like you walk through and it like changes the environment behind you. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. It was just a cool moment at the beginning of the game to understand uh, what you got yourself into. Um, The My only, I'm not as high as, uh, or it's not as big of an issue for me, the uh, environmental like uh, uh, stuff exploding and getting in the way. The, a big thing for me, my, my biggest uh, knock against it, is uh, some of the character animations are a little uncanny valley. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. They clearly, coming off of uh, Quantum Break, it's like, okay, that's not where the budget went in this game. Yeah. The, face, the faces are pretty great, but... Honestly, like, the way they connect to the body is yeah. even a little weird. Like, what is it? Arish is that guy's name? Have you met Arish? Uh, the janitor? I think it's Arish. No, this guy is... The only main character I've met is Pope, or whatever, the blonde female that, like, tells gotcha. you, like... It's after... the So, I haven't gotten to the second character yet. Like, the second, like, you know, named character. It's mostly just her, because you get her after the first control point, and then... Right. Uh, I, the last I ended with the boss we talked about where it was the first time I ran into right. yeah, stuff okay. getting in the way um, yeah that's pretty much it for me we'll get uh, we're gonna be hopping to the news now and we'll talk about the reviews for it but I'm really enjoying it will it be my game of the year maybe who knows but it's it's met expectations which I is all I could ask for a game and like you said Jordan me and you love quantum break and I think that that game gets a bad rap and uh, yeah. it's a it's another superhero game we had spider-man last year it got Hell now. yes. Yeah. I will say, I don't think it's, you know, I'm going to, I'm far enough into it to know that I don't think I'm going to be as fond of it as I, I am uh, Quantum Break, yeah. but it, it's a little rough around the edges, uh, but it is very enjoyable. Definitely, yeah, not disappointed 
with it being my most anticipated game. Will say that the story's not quite grabbing me as much as I wanted. Um, it's not quite as weird as I had wanted it to go, or maybe it's going to get weirder later, but who knows. It's just... Uh, it's cool and different and definitely unique, but it's it's just not quite, you know, wowing me yet. So hopefully we'll get there, but yeah. The gameplay is very strong, though. Like, I'm really... Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's hop into the news here. So first up, review roundup. So... Uh, Last week or this week as well, we've had a bunch of reviews come out for upcoming games. We're starting to hit the fall season of all of these anticipated games people are waiting to play. For two games, it went pretty well. For another game, it's on the lower end, but still about what we might have expected. So for Control, it's currently sitting at an 84 on Metacritic, uh, which oh, is good. Uh, that's for, very good. Yeah, sure. for, for me, I assumed at worst it would be low 70s. At best, it would be high 80s. I didn't really mm-hmm. see a place where this would be like a 90s, like... Uh, Jordan said, like, a, you know, uh, what did you call it? Not a classic, but like a, uh, what was the word you used at the beginning when you were talking about control, Jordan? You said, you know, uh, you wanted it to be, uh, this gave me. Masterpiece? Masterpiece, there you go. I never expected this game to be a masterpiece. Like, I always assumed, like, at best it would be high 90s. So for it to be, uh, high 80s, so for it to be mid 80s is really cool. Um, next up, Astro. Do you think the environments are gorgeous? I like the environments. Yeah, the I'm really uh, into architecture. Just... Ah. Yeah. Oh, and especially when you unlock, like, you save a control point and then like shifts. It's so cool. Oh yeah. Uh, one game that I'm surprised I reviewed this well because, like, we talk about with Platinum. They're super hit or miss. Astral Chain is currently sitting at an 88 on Metacritic. Shit, dude. Yeah, I've I've been yeah. following a few of those reviews and I've been like, wow, this shit is apparently great. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, Platinum's I w- been doing well recently, man. They might be back on their groove. Uh, cool thing, because I'm not super into these like action combat type games, the Platinum games. Uh, it was recently announced during uh, Gamescom, maybe a little bit before then, uh, that Devil May Cry 5 was coming to Game Pass. I currently have that downloaded. Oh, so can't yeah. wait to get to that. Because uh, I can get in for free. I don't have to worry about buying Devil May Cry 5, which is really cool. Man, the most valuable deal in gaming continues to get more valuable <laughs> exactly the fact that i have the ultimate edition of gears of war 5 downloading right now well not right now as we're recording but you know what i mean really cool yeah uh, that's a weird thing too that they never talked about that if you regular game pass you get gears 5 or the the you know the regular version of their exclusives but the ultimate edition is where you get the free ultimate edition if that makes sense and ultimate game pass is the one that includes pc Ooh, as well boy which game um, pass games can you preload them jared I, yeah, I, uh, you you can they announced today on Twitter you can preload Gears of War five today and it doesn't come out till I think the sixth and then the f- that second for because I guarantee you if Sony had some shit like Game Pass and the, it was like we're gonna have you know Uncharted Lost Legacy day one on Game Pass it'd be like oh great let me go download it nope you got to download it day one on Game Pass yeah Ugh. Uh, what were you gonna say Dom? Oh, you were about to yeah. say it is uh, all that, plus you get Gears 5 four days early, was it? Yeah, the second, I think. It's the sixth regular, yeah. second early. Um, so, if you're into early shit, I don't know, some people are against that kind of stuff, but like, whatever, four days, I mean, play the game early, why not? The thing is, if it's a purely multiplayer game, I understand the argument, because it's like getting an early start on like the meta, or like leveling oh, up, and like kind of like kind pay of to win. Yeah, but if yeah. it's like, Gears War is obviously both if it's like i'm primarily a single player guy so i don't care if people get to play this the single player early and i'm not super into multiplayer so it's like cool get it early i don't care you know what i mean it doesn't bother yeah me. I, in this in this case definitely i'm like i wouldn't have a problem Whatever. with it but I, I just think it's cool that's like yeah another and incentive for game pass right? with gears of war 2 their multiplayer fan base is so hardcore that the guys that are going to be dominating it doesn't matter if you get the game eight days before they do they're still gonna wreck you like it's just well the way it is yeah that's not the, that's closer to a Halo, or a what's another a game where it's not progression based, the multiplayer, right? I mean, there might be some stuff you can unlock, but yeah. it's like you're going into matches in like with predetermined guns and not predetermined, but like whatever's available on that map or whatever. It's not like Fortnite. Call of Duty or or um, Destiny where like you're leveling up your gear and weapons that you take into multiplayer. It's like everyone is on an even field going into a match. If yeah, I'm correct. So yeah, you're right. In that case, it 
it, that doesn't give you much of an advantage. So, unfortunately, uh, the third game didn't get be- the greatest reviews. Obviously, Control 84, great. Astral Chain 88, awesome. Man of Madon, the reviews dropped the day of us mm. recording this. It's currently sitting at a 73, which is obviously... Yeah, I was worried about this one. Okay. It's okay. I'm still, yeah. intru- still going to pick it up and play it. From what I've read, uh, my opinion is that a lot of their development time was spent on getting the co-op functionality to work. Obviously, that's a big thing with this game, a big marketing uh, thing. is like geez. you can play it with people. And it seems like that took away focus on delivering uh, an enjoyable, scary narrative. Um, a lot of the reviews I've read say that it... it until Dawn set expectations for you to have a fun but also scary experience through the game, and Man of a Dawn doesn't really necessarily deliver that fully. Um, so it just seems like they were juggling too many things. Whereas with like Until Dawn, they could focus on that specific game. And with this, and now that they're you know independent, they probably want to have more marketing uh, spins on the game to be able to get into the hands of people. So yeah, unfortunately, okay. the first one in the Dark uh, Pictures anthology. Isn't a stinker. 73 is still a good score, but, you know, with Until Dawn, we expect better, right? So So I have some good opinions on this, which is rare. Usually I'm, like, neutral and boring. But so, yeah, from the reviews I've read so far, it's just what you're saying. If you play this by yourself, it's kind of lackluster. Um, It seems like the game was catered and developed more for the idea of playing with, with someone else or someone's else, right, in which it's more fun. So, and I'm thinking back to Until Dawn. And a lot of the people who talked about the game, um, especially those you know who have platforms, all mentioned like, yeah, I played this with uh, my significant other or my you know some friends, and we played it together. Like one person had the controller, but it was a group experience, you know, or multiple person experience, right? Um, but I wonder if the reality, I mean, that seems to be like the opposite now, or at least people yeah. reviewing this game are all reviewed it, you know, by themselves. So the review scores aren't necessarily going to be indicative of what they were going for with, as a co-op game, I guess. But also um, game design, passive co-op is different than active co-op, right? Like, designing a game right. from the base for me and you to play at the same time with each other is different than me playing and you backseating and we are just going through it together. So, I don't know if, you know, they made this decision on purpose. They had a point to do right, try this yeah. out. So maybe it is that they heard so many people talking about it, playing with one another. They're like, well, what if we make it co-op? And maybe right, from this they, they learned that, it. like... They lean back out of it, you know. Hopefully. That's that's what I'm guessing is yeah they heard they heard how everyone experienced until dawn and said oh well let's just make it even more of that kind of a thing and like design it around the idea that it's going to be with multiple people, um, you know add controllers instead of just one person like, um, but uh, and that may have slightly slightly may have backfired I guess or I don't know we'll see this is an anthology too so who knows if they'll and- stick with this uh, mental- mentality through the next few games here. Also, it's only a $30 game, so that helps it out Good because point. if yeah. it was $60, it'd be dead in the water, uh, which would suck yeah. for it. But um, I could also see this coming to Game Pass, too. This seems like a perfect game to come to Game Pass uh, a yeah. couple of months after its release, which would be great. Um, yeah, definitely. Next up, uh, this is not This is more of a, a rumory thing based on actual evidence. Um, but So Blizzard, a Blizzard Nintendo licensed Switch case was listed early people saw it and it was online it was like a black i don't know if you, either of you saw it it's, it was a black with orange accents and the zipper that you uh, zip up the case with was actually two little joy cons it's actually a pretty cool design case for the switch Cute. Um, it was removed because <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be up so this has led to speculation of uh, take it down <laughs> this has led to speculation of an overwatch port reveal that's um Everyone's assuming that we're going to get another Nintendo Direct in September. They've been doing it the last couple of years, so there's no, no reason to believe otherwise. So people think that this may have spoiled that Overwatch port reveal for the Switch. And to this, kind of piggybacking on it, since this, there have been a lot of rumblings of uh, Nintendo announcing the next Smash DLC character, and it's a female. So in congruence with this, people think that we might see Tracer come to Smash, which would be interesting. Tracer. Tracer. Man, I'm already Tracer. <laughs> it's funny, too, because the, them taking it down, I think, says a lot to yeah. the credibility. If they would have left it up, it probably wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be as, like, of a sure thing to me, at least. But the fact uh, that they took it down, like, yep, yeah, that, that port's coming. And sorry, I didn't mention this. I said it was Blizzard Nintendo license. So you're probably like, yeah, it's a Blizzard case. Who cares? They have Diablo on it. It was an Overwatch case. Like, it had the Overwatch logo on it. So just wanted to gotcha. clarify that. Yeah. 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 
It wasn't like a just orange and black case. It's like, oh, these are the colors of Overwatch. Maybe it's that. It had the Overwatch logo on it. So, um, nothing much to report there. Obviously, we'll wait and see. I hope we get a Nintendo Direct. We don't really know a lot about Nintendo's uh, 2020. Obviously, we know Animal Crossing, and that's pretty much it. I'm racking my brain. We hope to see the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel, but that won't release next year, most likely. Uh, I think so. I'm if we're lo- if we're lucky, Jordan Super Mario Odyssey two, since we didn't get any major DLC, I'm I'm holding out hope. Who knows? Uh, that would be stellar. That would be stellar. Uh, I think th- if that game exists, it's probably farther along than Breath of the Wild two. I would assume, but who knows? Uh, lastly, this is something we didn't cover because we didn't do a podcast last week. Uh, but Sony PlayStation acquired Insomniac Games. Um, and in addition to this, we can talk about that acquisition briefly after I mention this, but uh, the day of recording this, August 28th, they PlayStation announced Marvel's Spider-Man Game of the Year, which is 40 bucks. It's available immediately on digital storefronts and retail. It comes with all of the DLC from the game. There was some hubbub because it's just... You have to still download the DLC. The DLC doesn't come on the disc. Uh, and people are like, oh, why did they just repackaging the old disc or whatever? But further investigations have shown that the Spider-Man game takes up most of the Blu-ray capacity on the disc. So even if they wanted to reprint the discs with the DLC, they couldn't because it's already practically full. So yeah, I'm I mean, going to have to download two discs. a game yeah. update anyways. So exactly, yeah. Chill. yeah. yeah. Uh, with the PlayStation acquisition, we can all give our brief thoughts on it before we move on to the, the topic, which is the July MPDs. For me, it wasn't a shock. I think it's great for PlayStation, nah. don't get me wrong. Uh, I w- it wasn't a shock to me. I'm like, okay, this is something we assumed would likely happen. Um, I think it's good for Insomniac uh, in one way. It's obviously not good because you know, people want Sunset Overdrive 2, which we found out they actually own. Microsoft doesn't own the yeah. Sunset Overdrive IP. So which it's is- not a bad thing, Jared, actually, since you mentioned it. It's a good thing for a Sunset Overdrive sequel, and that is what I'm most hyped about on this situation. I, I guess... Know. What are you talking about? I guess I would say it's 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 bad for people who played Sunset Overdrive 1 on Xbox and won't be able to experience there a sequel unless they buy the PlayStation. Dom, there is no way that another Sunset Overdrive was ever going to come out unless they like were bought out. By they were funded, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I would say, it would, I mean, it'd be more likely had Xbox bought insomniac then you probably see you know the next nah, sunset because i think but, that the sequel would already be out by now if that were the case i just don't think i maybe this is better than had it not happened for sunset 2 but i still don't think you see sunset 2 i'm gonna give you a hot take i th- obviously they're they're doing spider-man 2 and then probably spider-man 3 right we all agree on that but they're in between Spider-Man those two and they're doing ratchet and clank 2 yeah see i would think after I would think there's as much of a chance of Ratchet and Clank 2 happening after Spider-Man 2 as Sunset Overdrive 2, in my opinion. I think it'll be before Spider-Man 2 because you have uh, two different teams on two sides of the You're country. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So I'll give you a I'll give you a hot take too, Jared. Um, well, this is a good thing probably for, you know uh, for PlayStation, especially long term. Uh, I'm gonna say it was a bit of a, a, a what am I thinking? Bobble because. Had they bought Insomniac before Spider-Man came out, um, it probably would have been a way cheaper acquisition. But after the studio that just blew the doors mm. off this game and sold a shit ton, they became a lot more valuable. And they also had a well, lot more negotiating room when they can say we have the best-selling PlayStation 4 yes. uh, right. exclusive. Yes and no, because any other studio, I would say yes. But Sony's been courting Insomniac for years. And by years, I mean, like, since the PS2. And Ted so, Price is like, we ain't having it, but then he slowly over time. They were time. only going to get Insomniac <laughs> in this exact situation of circumstances. It wasn't just like, uh, hey, maybe we'll buy you someday. Yeah, that'd be cool or whatever. No, it's like, they've been trying, and it hasn't been working yeah. until now. So it was the, for this specific studio in Sony, it was, like, perfect uh, storm kind of so maybe bobble might i mean that's assuming a lot because yeah they have been trying probably to buy them already but you know just it would have been better if they could have struck a deal before i'm thinking for a cheaper price because you know after that well, spider-man was the best-selling game well uh, ted price what am i thinking never call him cheap <laughs> and to yeah, both of your yeah, points yeah. that kind of works with what both of you are saying is that 
once Sony saw how well this game sold, because they, they knew that Spider-Man was going to sell, but it sold like astronomically well and it was a great game. They're like, okay, let's just back the Brinks truck up. Let's like get these guys finally, because we've been trying for so long. Just do True. it already. It could That's go that the way. Thing, Dom, yeah. I think Spider-Man might have been the the wake up call to Sony to be like, hey, spend the fucking money. Yeah, just yeah. give them what yep. they need. Whatever Ted Price wants, you give it to that man because you've been waiting long enough. It's time to to seal the fucking deal and here's just to the get thing. them off the market right exactly. of publishing another game with microsoft yeah. or anyone else well that's the thing too the is like what if they what if they only had a two-game spider-man deal with playstation and microsoft's like man the, this spider-man game is incredible the moment they become free we're gonna you know because we've seen microsoft put back the brinks truck for studios so they it spider-man did a lot for insomniac games in terms of people wanting to give them more money so it's good for them yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh let's now, get Real quick, I think this makes them pound for pound. Now, hear me out. I know I joke a joke about Sucker Punch being uh, Sony's best internal studio, but I gotta say, I think pound for pound, they seriously actually do beat out Naughty Dog simply because of their VR. They are not only masters of third person action. Uh, with you know interesting stories and engaging cutscenes, you're talking insomniac, beautiful stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. they have, they have the AAA, you know, incredible story, just like in, uh, Naughty Dog does with their Spider-Man game. They have the incredible Ratchet and Clank, but they're also like really well versed in a lot of VR games too. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it, Sony just got stronger because of this acquisition. Like Insomniac's a great studio. They are one of the best in the world, if not, like I say, maybe pound for pound the best, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, before we close out, let's get into these July MPDs. Uh, nothing too crazy, so we're going to go over those. Uh, and if you guys have anything to say in regards to the information, just let me know. So this comes away of Matt Piscatella, obviously the MPD, ga- uh, MPD guy over at Twitter. At Matt Piscatella, go follow him. He always tweets out some really interesting stuff uh, from the business side of the industry. Um, so... The top five selling games for July. Number five, Minecraft. Number four, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Number three, Dang. Super Mario Maker 2. Number two, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Good on you, Dang. Nintendo. And number one, Madden NFL 20. And if you're asking yourself, Jared, wow. that's weird. Madden released on August 2nd. Remember earlier when we talked about paying more for early advances of a game? Wow. That's exactly wow. why Madden ended up on this. Damn. Because everybody got to play it at the end of July uh, instead of August 2nd. So, and think about that. That was just those, that was, they were number one solely based on the people who paid to play it early. <laughs> That's crazy. Ooh, uh, you know, good, I think, I think I know the answer, but good question. So, that guy, uh, 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 Imran Khan, uh, who just joined Kind of Funny, right? Um, uh, had this good anecdote about pre orders for games. Um, counting towards the financials of the quarter that they were pre-ordered in, right? I don't think that they would count towards the MPD of the quarter they were made in, right? Yeah. That, that wouldn't that wouldn't make sense if they have yeah. to count towards when the game I think is they're actually shipped to person. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Just want to throw that out there as a thing. It's a good question though. Cancel your pre-order up until the last second. Yeah, so they can't really mark it as revenue, right? Um so, top 5 games for 2019 year to date. Number five, RE2 Remake, holding on strong. Uh, we'll get bumped, obviously, as this fall comes along. Number four, Anthem. Number three, Division 2. Speaking of holding strong, number two, Kingdom Hearts 3. And still number one, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, the one the one note here is that Madden immediately became number eight for the year. Uh, with those, like, three days or whatever. Uh the notes here. There's some crazy notes for what happened in July. So, uh, this first one isn't the crazy one. Nintendo Switch was once again the best-selling hardware for July. Still number one 2019. Uh, obviously, we've talked about it. Next Gen's coming along. People are going to buy a Switch over a PS4 or Xbox One that they already own. Um, MK11, which is still year-to-date the number one game, is now the fifth best-selling fighting game ever. And it's only second in the franchise to Mortal Kombat X. Which means that Mortal Kombat has two of the five best-selling fighting games of all time. Um, 
and you would assume maybe MK11 can make a push passing both its own franchise sales best and moving higher into the best fighting games of all time. Next up, this one's for you, Jordan, since you bought and have been playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. It has instantly become the second best-selling game in the franchise, and it only sits behind Fire Emblem Awakening. So, You know, I'm glad you mentioned it, because I didn't have time to talk about it earlier, but I'll tell you what, Jared, it's been pissing me off recently, because they'll do these fucking battles, right, where you get your fucking objective. And you set your shit up, and you go into battle, and you're halfway through the fucking battle, and then it switches the objective on you, totally changes the entire battle, and I'm ranting, but I'm pissed off at Fire Emblem. <laughs> and that's the truth. The This is the most surprising to me. You know how we talk about how Call of Duty sells the best every year, except for when a Rockstar game comes out, right? It's like clockwork. Call of Duty is going to sell the best it has for the last, like, 15 years. To be debated. Uh, What do you mean? Is that what TBD stands for? No, but I just in, in <laughs> putting in my dissent that Black Ops 4 still outsold Red Dead 2 in the years that came out. Uh, so for the twentieth anyway. for the twentieth straight year, Madden NFL is the top selling game of the month it released. Wow! Yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> that is insane. Obviously, remember MPD. Uh, reflects U.S. sales. The National Football League and American football is the biggest sport in the country, so it would make sense that whenever our... And it's the only game on the market, right? Because it has the exclusivity deal. So obviously it doesn't sell incredibly well. It'd be really interesting to see what the Madden scene is like outside of America. Uh, So uh, Europe, uh, specifically England, is really big into Madden. Um, yeah. And the only reason I know this is because I have a couple of friends from Bristol. I'm not going to attempt a, a Bristolian accent. A couple of mates from Bristol, uh, eh? But they, knowing them, they have talked about how, obviously, the NFL isn't as big there as it is here. Soccer is the number one sport there. But there's a, more people than you would expect that buy Madden and cheer on NFL teams than you would assume. So Then FIFA. FIFA. And then, obviously, uh Mexico has a decent contingent of people who enjoy the NFL, so. Mexico. Oh, you must be right, and that explains why there's always an NFL game in London each year. You must be right. I must be right. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Not that I needed the proof. I believe you, but. No, that's actually a great point, though, Dom. Yeah, there's actually been rumors of them expanding to get a a team in London and a team in Canada, so. Wow. Um, I mean. American sports have always kind of dabbled in Canada, but it's weird to think about London. I was just going to draw that to... Don't they do uh, MLB games in Japan? Uh, yeah. Such big MLB fans? Yeah. Or just baseball fans? Uh, and the NBA is, like, huge in China. <laughs> like, incredibly huge. Uh, China? Yao Ming helped with that, and then Jeremy Lin a couple of years ago also helped with that as well. Um, I guess we can close out with where we're going to be playing. For me, Control, obviously. Uh, that's pretty much it. It's going to be my focus. And, uh, yeah, what about you guys? I'm going to finally get around to Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, nice. Crypt of the Necro. Cadence of Hyrule. Switcher. Dancer. Have you owned it and just been waiting to play it, or did you recently just purchase it? For, like, two weeks I've had it, and I haven't touched it yet, so. <laughs> that Red Dead, man. Um, that addiction. Yeah, that, that Red you Dead. You waiting for the right uh, beat, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty excited. The right, nice, nice. I, you got to play get down you gotta, with that. You got to play games to the right tempo. You know, can't rush yourself. Yeah, keep your exactly. rhythm. Uh, also, this weekend uh, we're gonna play Man of Medan. I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, we, as in you and your wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. We'll do that together. <laughs> um, I feel <laughs> me like there was some... me myself and I. <laughs> Thought there might have been one more thing, and I can't think of it. Oh, gears. I don't know if I'll play Gears by the time we talk next. If I do, it won't be for very long, so I'll just hold off. Okay. And Jordan? Uh, no interest in Control, though? Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks cool, but that's like a... <laughs> no, I mean... You're not convincing me, kid. Because, I mean, I'm going to be playing Gears next, you know, in, a, in like a week, right? So that's kind of... That's next. And then after that, it's like Outer Worlds... I'm in a Is there any order. Borderlands 3 hype outside of me, myself, and I? Not no. for me. 
Okay. Okay. I, I am into control, though. I mean, I like what you guys uh, have said about it. Um, it's just gonna it's gonna be more like a, you know, when it's on sale type of thing. Um, sure. Yeah. Thriftmaster yeah. Dom, like I said. Thrift, you're really pushing it, aren't you? Man, all right, Gears Five and Outer Wa- Wor- Worlds on Game Pass. Thriftmaster Dom, uh, <laughs> F- Jedi Fallen Order, like Exhibit A, fifty bucks on Amazon, ten bucks. On- yeah, Thriftmaster Dom. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Jordan, you. Jordan, outside of control, anything else? We'll see if I play more Payback. Probably will do a little bit more, but. Um... Definitely more control. Definitely enjoying that uh, quite a bit. And um, let's see, let's see. Um, I hate to rush you, but my stomach is not holding it together. So we need to we need to wrap oh, things good. up. I was just gonna give a quick <laughs> shout out to someone since I didn't really have yeah. anything in particular. So I will give a quick shout out to Dragon Ball Z. Awesome. Yeah, my stomach is like, hey, Jared, you got to go. Uh, <laughs> podcast with a bucket under your under your bum? Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you guys for <laughs> listening. If you enjoyed, please go over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps us out. Um, helps us move into the algorithm. Uh, on YouTube, search Controlled Interests. Uh, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the bell notification so you never miss an upload. Like the videos as well. That helps us. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, don't dislike it. Just you can leave uh, the video, not our channel. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get the fuck out of here. Yeah, continue yeah, exactly. to come back if you like. Uh, if Twitter, you don't like at C-T-R-L-I-N-T. It's controlled interest abbreviated. You can follow Dom at Dom's Oreos. You can follow Jordan at Melamotus. And you can follow me at Jared underscore. We'll catch you guys next week. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs>